Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you choose to listen to us, we are so thankful that you do. And you are listening to another youth ministry podcast where we strive to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and gospel-focused vision. This podcast is a ministry of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the Bible Fellowship Church. And I am joined today gladly by my two co-hosts, Tim, the Cyberman, and Jared the right-hand man. This is yeah. fun to be cyber. I like it. Yeah. Tim is well, here with I've... us on uh, FaceTime, and Jared is actually to my right. To the right. That's why I'm the right-hand man Yeah. today. Yeah, he... Chris, do you keep everything you own in a box to your right? No, no. it's to the left. I'm to the left. To the left. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was so big. It's give to, give it's it to, to him. The, to he deserves left. it. Give it to him. Oh. No, no. There it is. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> That's what you deserved. Oh man, that was rough. I even miss I, I misquoted it too. Yeah, well, that's okay. Terrible. Yeah, that's right. It happens. Well, we are glad that Tim is back today uh, to join us. Um, he uh, had some, like you said, we're, we've said we're all pastors. We all have busy schedules, busy lives, and we're not compensated yet for this job. <laughs> even if we are compensated for this, it's not going to replace our. Actual job. I'm going to quit my job. And, All right. Well, I'd just do this quoted. full, full you, time. You want, you want to be a podcaster? Oh, yeah. That's right. And, and, be, just, be and just talk at a distance about how everyone else is doing it wrong and how they should be doing it. Mm. That's pretty much a lot of podcasters do, <laughs> that do it for a living. It's, they talk about how everyone else is screwing up and they're not doing it. They're not actually in the midst of it. So. But if we were full time, we could actually recruit people and interview people more. That's true. And actually have go. like, you know, commercial, commercial breaks, and, breaks and which, uh, so speaking you, of sponsoring, we're, we're moving in that direction, sort of, are, and we have some ideas, I have some ideas we haven't ooh. talked about off, offset. So oh, this so is, this is, woo, this is, this is, this is raw material, raw right material here. here, but we oh could reach goodness. out to, to different colleges or something uh-huh. and, and have some like promotion. That would be stuff. awesome. But I think they want to see some good stats. Yeah, do we, do we have good stats? I don't know. We, can, we have decent so stats. Share, decent so, stats. So here's the conclusion of this. Share this podcast with your friends. So There you go. So we can be sponsored. Yes, we, we want to be sponsored. So share it with your friends and with your parents. <laughs> Segway. Um, that wasn't the greatest segue, but hey, it was a segue. We are, I think I love our segues. They're so bad. So let's go. <laughs> we will be known for our bad segues. Our bad segues. We are actually continuing this um, uh, discussion that we were having last time of uh, interacting with and how to you know engage. I don't want to use the word handle as if they're something <laughs> that we just have to handle and deal with. Like they're people, and we're supposed to be supporting them. You know how how to engage with and help. Um, all the different types of parents because parents aren't prepackaged. They don't come all the same. They don't just come off the assembly line. God makes everyone uniquely mm-hmm. and we all have our unique sin struggles. So uh, we want to remind us before we get into discussing uh, the, how, how to interact with different types of parents of some primary things to remember about parents. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, the, the primary thing is that parents are the primary disciples of or disciplers of their students, yeah. right? It's their yeah. God given responsibility to disciple, to train up. Uh, and it goes across the board, whether they're believers or they're not believers, that's their primary job to care for and raise and discipline, in a sense, the, the, that area of discipleship yes. to their teens. And we can't, we're not to interfere, and we can't say we know better because it's not our responsibility. Yeah, the, the only time that we step in and, um, you know, you have here give advice when it's asked for, 
Um, the only time that I would say we would step in was when there's a clear sin going on or something right. that we don't think the parents aware of or that we might want to help them with, or they're just, just violating the Bible. And that's mm-hmm. when we might say to the student, you know, I really don't agree with your parents. Um, and I think it's okay. As I said in the last episode, there are times I'll say to a student that I know the parents, a, a, a godly person, Hey, I don't necessarily agree with your parent on that, but that's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not them. You need to respect them and submit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's okay to be honest yeah. in some, depending on the relationship yeah. and that student. Right. Right. You don't want to be, you don't want to be divide, uh, dividing a house, uh, a relationship between the child no, and the parent. No, Even if you're, even if you are, you might even as a pastor be really frustrated with this child's parent, but you got to be very careful that doesn't come through. Right. Um, cause your heart really should be that that child is understanding a healthy way of how to honor and obey their parents and the Lord. Um, and like you said, if it's, but if it's to the point where honoring and obeying is sinful, right. that's a whole nother issue, which I feel like is so it's very rare. It's very rare. And young, young people already are usually looking for allies against their parents. So it's very important that you yeah. don't, you don't, because what they'll see in you is, Ooh, a church leader that I have is an ally against my parent. That must be a yeah. good thing. Mm. And so we're, it's extra dangerous in that regard. So we want to honor parents in every interaction that we have with them and every time we talk about them to their student, even if they're a non-believer. And and I would say just to quickly remind us of of the fruit of the spirit. And that's really what as we interact with each one of these types of parents, we want to display the fruit of the spirit found in Galatians uh, five and not the uh, fruit or the desires of the flesh that are against the spirit. And I just want to remind us what the fruit of the spirit looks like. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And uh, that one thing that um, one of the speakers at a youth conference I was at reminded uh, us of when he talked about the fruit of the Spirit is that most of these things require some, someone to hurt us in order to exercise them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So self-control, patience. Faithfulness. It's not hard. It's not. It's not hard to be faithful to somebody that's never annoying to you. Um, and so I think that that we have to remember that with parents, that we are called, uh, even with the most difficult parents, to exercise the fruit of the spirit, and that is super difficult. So that's why we have to make sure that we're, we're walking with God. So let's kind of jump in, guys, to these, um, you know, different types of parents we talked about last time. And this time, what we're going to do is a little different. We, we might give you a quick reminder of what this means, but then we're actually going to give you like a situation that would reflect it and then speak into how we might diffuse it or handle it, I should say, or interact with the parent who might be acting mm-hmm. like this. So Jared, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So we mentioned this last was the snowblower or lawnmower parent, the parent who goes in and paves the way, eliminates obstacles, uh, takes away yeah. all the difficulties so their kid can just kind of coast through and enjoy all the joys and pleasures of life without having to deal with all the difficulties. Uh, this is a situation looks like a parent walks in the first night, right? Drops their kids off, but they're coming in front, right? They're opening the door and they're going through, they're leading their kid to you and they do all the talking. They introduce the kid. They tell you basically their whole history and say, oh, they struggle with this, but this is then kind of trying to eliminate all the barriers, the awkwardness of that and first interaction. And the kid doesn't say anything. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, right. I've actually had parents from, they're no longer at our church and they were dear people. So I want to be very clear. A lot of these parents have phenomenal motives, but they literally just came to me and other leaders and, and they, and they shared with us like all the awkwardnesses or of, of their student. And, um, and we're just trying to, 
you know, help us. Like they wanted us to help break them of that. Mm. And it's kind of what it felt like. Um, and so the students standing right there, not saying a thing. And if they're in sixth grade and they're nervous, okay. Yeah. But this happens with 10th graders, 11th graders. And I don't know, you know, Tim, so, I, I want to hear your input on, on how you would um, approach that. Well, I was going to say that for my um, experience and even recent experience, um, I've had, um, I've had, you know, high school students that, you know, really might struggle that they're not a, uh, they're not very talkative, um, not very outgoing. I've had parents just kind of literally, I would ask the child a simple question like, Hey, how was your day? Um, and the child would kind of like, you know, uh, you know, turn their head a little bit and kind of like close their eyes and do this weird, like, um, uh, like uh, I'm too nervous and look at mom. And, uh, and then I just remember the the parent would then speak to them. and And I remember kind of going, this isn't healthy. You know, it's okay to have, it's okay for your personality to be that you're more quiet. Um, and it is uncomfortable for you to approach, but w- this individual was at, like 16 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so the way I actually handle those situations is uh, a lot of times if I see something like that, a snowblower parent, I have found that in the moment, it's really best to kind of like pin your attention to, to the, in the child nicely and, and, um, try to, for, try to, um, engage the student directly yeah. and kind of make it obvious to the parent that, Hey, let's engage your child and let your child, uh, speak, uh, speak up. The other thing I've done with this is kind of actually, I, I speak to parents, snowblower parents and lawnmower parents. I, I, I talk to them directly and kind of say, Hey, you know, um, I understand that such and such is a little, um, quieter, um, and, you know, may not like to speak, but it's not necessarily healthy for this individual for you to chime in every single time, because you're only increasing this individual's dependence upon you, um, and their inability to be independent and to go out into this world. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I feel like for that one, it's not like, I don't have a Bible verse turnaround for it. I just feel like for the snowblower one, it's like, Hey parents, this isn't helping prepare your child for their, for their life and their, and, and their own walk. It's well, like, I mean, one, one of the things that the faith teaches us is that each person is responsible before God on their own. Each person uh-huh. is responsible to engage fellow brothers and sisters and the world on their own uh, there you and, go. and be responsible people. And so our theology then would then turn us to say, Hey, as a 15, 16 year old, like you're a person, you're made in the image of God. You have dignity, value, and worth. You have your own ideas. Yeah. You're responsible uh, for, you know, as to who you are before the Lord. So in those situations, I I really liked what you said at first there, um, is when that, when that's happened, I I will literally turn to the student and look them in the eyes and start, (laughs) I I will, I won't even look at the parent. I'll just talk, I'll start talking directly to the student asking, Oh, what school do you go to? And, and and the parent might be like, Oh, it's like, well, well, um, hold on. Um, Let's, let's let's, ask Billy. Yeah. Let's ask Billy over here. And then just start asking more questions. And then when that parent leaves, talk even more to that young right. person. And then I, I always intentionally go up to other students and say, Hey, you know, Billy's new. He's kind of shy. Why don't you go talk yes. to him? And yes. I think that's, that's a very healthy approach. Um, and then if you need to, at some point, you can kind of talk to, talk to the parents, um, to try to diffuse that. But yeah, I think one of the easiest ways is when, when this is happening and, and if the student is with the parent, talk to the student. If the parent comes in and the student's not there or they call you like, you know, I'd love to talk to, you know, Johnny about this. Uh, I, I, you know, thanks for sharing with me what you shared. I'll talk to Johnny when he shows up, you know, and just try to move over there. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, 
you know. I'll also say with snowblower and lawnmower parents, the other thing you um, that's that can happen sometimes is you might this same you know student that the parents always paving the way. They, they I've had it where a, a student does something that's inappropriate that I need to deal with it, or there there has to be a conversation, and the child will go home knowing that their parent is like this. Tell their parent what happened, and the parent will then come and try to get uh, kind of almost take the consequences of the child or go and say, oh, well, Johnny didn't mean to do this. You know, I don't think we should really blah, blah, blah. And instead of uh, letting their child handle what they've done, the parent will come and try to get in the way. Mm. So they'll snowblow um, the consequences away. Yeah. 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 I've had that and, and you're sitting there going like, wow, this, and then that same parent then can um, then quickly move into other, these, some of these other roles <laughs> that you, we have here. Do you, do you know what I do when they try to snow blow the consequences away? I throw a rock in the snow blow. <laughs> 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 I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do what, not do that. that. What does that mean? Do not do that. Just try to get them to turn it off and have a conversation. Because <laughs> yeah. so, you can't, that's a good analogy. Like, you can't talk to them when they're snowblowing. It's too loud. Yeah, it's too loud. You say, hey, hey, whoa, let's stop a let's second. Let's turn it off. Let's, let's talk about yeah, this. So that's, I, I think that's pretty helpful, right? Like, really focus on the student, which yeah. is, should be focus our focus to begin with. Yes. Treat the student like a responsible young person. Um, so let's let, let's move on to the second one here. The helicopter parent. This is the this is the hovering parent. This is the one that. Um, you know, at least at least the snowblower one usually drops them off and leaves, and mm-hmm. you can talk to yep. the student. The helicopter yep. parent does not. So, Tim, you actually gave us an example yeah. uh, for this one. So, why don't you why don't you kick us off well, with this one? Right. Well, before we go with this, let's all say here that I think this is the most tempting one for almost every parent because uh, every single one of us wants our child to be safe. We want to know our whereabouts of our child. Uh, to not be the helicopter parent takes a lot of trust and a reliance on our heavenly father. So, um, but this is the parent, uh, this is the example I gave that is the parent that finds a way to be at everything you do for your youth ministry. So let's say you're going away on a weekend retreat and this is going to be, you know, like you already know that this child has a helicopter parent, like this is going to be so good, um, for Betty, you know, Betty's going to get away from home and we'll be able to learn a little bit more. And this somehow, next thing you know, you found out that Betty's Betty's mom uh, found that the camp needed a nurse for the weekend and comes for the weekend as the nurse. And she brings her binoculars. Um, yes, right. Or or asks you then, like, hey, you know what? Like, I have a lot of free time because I'm only needed at this time. How about I just come and I, like, sit in on the youth meetings and things like that? And, and not that it's bad things. Like, as all three of us would say, that parent involvement is a beautiful thing and can be very helpful. But when you identify an unhealthy um, uh, codependence, you might say, from parent to child, you're almost you're you know it's better for that parent to be at home learning to be away from their child and the child learning to be independent on their own yes um so they might try to volunteer in the kitchen when you go away um or they might ask you they say hey you know what um i have i gave bill i gave the um betsy my uh, a special phone i would really like betsy to have it and i need her to call me at 10 p.m every night i want to make sure she got her medications and uh, and, and like that's that's what we're talking about, where this child just doesn't get breathing room from their parent. Yeah. So. Well, that's actually I, I actually have a rule kind of to kind of pre 
to, you know, to deal with this issue ahead of time on all my retreats, I say airplane mode policy mm-hmm. and yeah. I will have a few parents that say, Hey, you know, can they call me? And mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll yes. say, you know, if this is something I said, I would recommend that you don't to mm-hmm. give them their space. Um, yeah. it's cause you know, it's not going to kill you. But I say, if you know, I'm not going to, you're their parent. So if you demand to talk to them once a day, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I said, I, I would advise that that they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if you are going to call them, it's only at one point during the day and mm-hmm. it's a specified time. And I found that a lot of parents, when I say that, say, yeah, you're right. You mm-hmm. know, and, and they kind of back off, you know, and that's you know, in, in that sense. But, um, yeah, you, you kind of have this, you know, they are want to get involved and you want, like Tim said, you want parent involvement. I think one of the things you might ask them is if you have a relationship with them, Hey, I just curious, are, are, are you, I appreciate that you're volunteering for this, but are are, are you nervous that that that, that Betsy's not going to do well? Mm-hmm. Oh no no no! no. <laughs> right, and it's like, are, are are you sure? Yeah, yeah. When you, <laughs> you have to, and when you want parent involvement, you have to, to parse out the parents who are going to be committed to the whole group, not just yeah. their kid, right? Not just be shadowing yeah, that's, that's their great. kid or their that's group great. of friends and things like that, but committing yeah. to the whole group. So the, the, the other thing to be reminded to, you know, if there are some parents listening, but or even youth pastors, is that when um, what happens with helicoptering, the helicopter parents, it, it ta- the children struggle with confidence. Yeah, uh, th- that's another big thing. That's a natural consequence of a helicopter parent is the child never feels confident to do something on their own because their parent is always making sure that they never do something that's unsafe. So mm. they never cross the road on their own. They never walk down the street. They never go over 0.25 miles away from mom, uh, mom or dad's vision. Um, and it's, we think we're just looking out for the well-being of our child when we're actually really um, not giving them that uh, independence and that growth. That yeah. that actually spills over, and we'll get to this in a minute, the Groundhog Day parent. You know, yeah. we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in just mm-hmm. a second. I, I'll say one more thing. Um, regarding the, um, you know, the, uh, helicopter parent, I, I just want to resurface what you said. I think that was so key is that you're, you're watching to make sure that they're focusing on all the students if they're going to volunteer. Um, and, yes. that, and that, because I think you can then have a case to go to that parent and say, Hey, w- what I need is not for each kid to have their personal bodyguard. Mm. What I need is for a, an adult to be responsible for X amount of kids. Yeah. And so if you're willing to do that, great. Yeah. But if you're yeah. not, I, I'm going to need somebody else Yeah. because I have a ratio to fill. Right. And if you're just one-to-one, <laughs> that's right. not going to cut it. Yeah. So I think that that, that, that was really good. And, yeah. and I think, you know, even pointing to the scriptures, Jesus himself at a, at a point sent his disciples out yeah. um, to go and, uh, and to, you know, the 70 to go out and heal and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And uh, then, obviously, when he resurrected, he sent us out. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just thought of something um, funny, too, from, from Jesus' own life, right? You know, we think about helicopter parents, you know, like um, Mary and Joseph, they, they, they went, they, they were heading home and they yeah. found they left Jesus at the temple, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking, now in this case, I mean, that would freak any of us out, right? Right. Um, we're, we, we, you don't even have vehicles. Who knows how, what the time frame was that Jesus was and left Dr- in the temple. Jerusalem was packed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they go back and it's interesting that our, um, you know, uh, the son of God says to his parents that, yeah. Hey, Hey, I was good. My heavenly father is right here. <laughs> I was about um, his, I was doing what he wanted me to do. And, uh, right. absolutely. And I think a young person, Hey, I'm, 
I'm making friends, I'm learning, taking taking initiative on my own. And then even if they're not that spiritually mature, because usually they won't, you want to help the parents see that you letting go a little bit actually helps them take those important steps. And that's you know, right. And mm-hmm. I will say, um, helicopter parents usually do not have a great relationship with their kid because their kid hates it mm-hmm. at, at a certain point. Yeah. They're trying to get away. Right. Yeah. Yep. You have to kind of loosen that graph. So let, let, let's cool. go to, cool. let's, let's move on to an easy one. Yeah. These ones, the committed parents, right? These are the people you want to enlist. You want to hang around. You want more of them. Uh, you want them to be, you know, they're, they're the ones, like I said, praying for you, supporting the ministry, who understand their role and appreciate your role. And so these are the ones that are easy to interact with. Yeah, these are the ones you want to come to the retreats. Right. Because you know that, yeah, sure, they might be there with their kid for something. Like I, I love that when I'm on a retreat and or a missions trip and a parent comes and they're taking a picture with their kid yeah. or or they're just having a private good conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to go for a walk together. That's yeah. fine. Right. But they're also letting their kid just do their thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're also yeah. pouring into other students. Students, right. So yeah, these these types of parents, these are just they really don't need to go into detail about it. Yeah, well, and, and these are the ones that are coming to you with ideas and yes, and helping you because, like we mentioned last time, none of us, most youth pastors haven't raised teenagers <laughs> right. on their own, and yeah. so these are the parents yeah. saying, "Hey, this is something to keep in mind." We've been talking to other parents, and they're the, they're the advocate who's like saying, "Hey, other parents are saying this. Maybe you can consider this." And, um, and I I would add this very important thing: enlist these parents to help engage Amen. the other parents. Mm. Amen. So help them talk to the helicopter, you know, ask them to help talk to the helicopter, the snowblower, the groundhog day, the hostel, and be, be, be your support and help them maybe like befriend disciple speak into their lives. Because I personally think that if I, if I was 40 years old and, and had a 17 year old and I was acting like this, I would take it much better from another 40 year old who has a 17 year old and has yes. a healthy relationship than I would this punk youth pastor, <laughs> which that's another issue. Sometimes it, they have to learn to respect your your role. Yeah, well, yeah, and the the committed parent too. I think it's a good reminder as youth pastors is to lean. You know, like we are saying, just lean hard, uh, lean hard on them. Um, they are they'll be your advocates. They'll be your encouragers. Um, they they're also fun too because normally the committed parents is all the children. Uh, the teens usually like, they all want to be with that parent. Um, yeah. Cause maybe yes. I've learned that when you have that committed parent that helps you with here and there events, it's like, man, the students just want to be around that, that the, the, whether mom and dad both help or just dad or mom, the, the kids like just, they, they, they all of a sudden flock to those types of parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the last one we're going to talk about this episode, we'll kind of wrap things up a little bit is the Groundhog Day parent, right? This reminds you of Groundhog Day movie. This is the parent who consistently uh, keeps their kid in the, that bubble or that time frame of like when they're 10 or eight or whatever and are engaging them or trying to engage them the same way consistently even now that they're 16 or 17. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're, the, the, one, the, the example that I could think of for someone who acts like this is that the parent is constantly telling you that their their student's not ready for a certain experience. Um, you know, that their 16-year-old is not ready to spend a night alone uh, or an, an overnight without them there. Um, and so, you know, they might then be a helicopter. Well, they can if I go. <laughs> and and uh, th- huh. this is this is really challenging. Um, it's funny. I've actually, in, in our ministry here, we actually had uh, a couple who had a, a 15, 16-year-old like this 
um, who wasn't quote ready, but the parent actually recognized it, mm. and they were that they were trying to just push him, push him yeah. into growing, and yeah. they kind of told me that they recognized how some of their parenting styles in the past might have produced this, but they were looking to change, and I was like, that's great. And it was, it was amazing. Like the, the youth group helped this kid celebrate like mm. these milestones, milestones. That's awesome. in, in making these steps by himself. It yeah. was great. Um, so yeah. How would you guys deal with the, the Groundhog Day parent? I think the, the Groundhog Day parent really is hard because they're, they're trying, they're almost running against a brick wall, trying to accomplish something by doing something that's not working. And so encouraging them to remember that he, uh, that their their kid is growing, their kid is maturing, and there's different ways to that they need to interact with that that student. Whether it's letting them or pushing them to go on a retreat that they've never gone on before, or go on a missions trip, or overnight activity, or even just the day to day interacting, like how they motivate them, how they encourage them to to take responsibility for things. Yeah, uh, you can't always be nagging that nagging is a bad word, but yelling at them or um confronting them saying, Hey, why are you always, why aren't you listening? Why aren't you listening? But, you know, taking responsibilities away or taking things away or providing challenges for them to overcome that would grow in their maturity rather than just saying, all right, well, that's the way they are. They're not going to change. Yeah. One of the, one of the helpful things that I think in, in helping a, a groundhog day parent is sowing seeds um, of change. Like you're not going to force them to let their kid go. And I think that's the wrong approach. Personally, I, I think that the way to approach this is if they're reaching out, Oh, you know, they're, 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 they're backing off at, of snow glow or this retreat because they're just not ready yet. Um, so I would just say, you know, I, I, I think the way that they'll get there is just having them do it, assuring them, like helping them think realistically, Hey, we have X amount of leaders. There's this many students, this is how the camp goes. This is this the security measures that we have in place. All these types of things. I personally think it would they would be very safe. I think they would they would they would adapt very fast, but I respect your decision as a parent. Mm-hmm. So just each time you have this conversation, you might press a little more. And then mm-hmm. I would say at some point, if it's a recurring theme, you actually have a relationship with this parent, you might say, Can I just do you think you're being a little overprotective? Mm. You know, I think it's okay sometimes to go for that, but you you have to earn that yeah, question. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of another youth ministry podcast. Tune in next time as we continue this discussion on parental interaction. Uh, but connect with us in the meantime on Instagram at another YM podcast or email us at another YM podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>